you are now about to witness the awesome a crushing a might of the you Robinson Show Stop Welcome my friends To a show that seemingly apparently never ends One Three, Uh-oh. nine, hold on, no, nine, nine. <laughs> yeah, oh, look at smart guy. Um, this is 139. I'm your host, Ness Robinson. This is the show that we call The Showstopper. Today's show is on prostitution. And UFC Fight Night 182. But first, as he has since 2007, we'll let Bob Riley from Stigmata. I moved my stuff around. It's not here anymore. From Stigmata, bring us in. The record is called Calling of the Junk. Song is called Intro All of Nothing. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California. Where they shoot your death in a nightclub, they hit your car with a hammer, and uh, they elect meatheads to city council. Go there now and buy it. Call your judge. Don't let Bob know. Hell of a guy. I'm going back to I'm taking a real good look at you. Real good look at your face. So being paid back and forth always nothing. Yeah. All right, all right. First things first. First things first. First of all, personal request by Nick. Doesn't like, and he's got a, a valid point. Doesn't like me engaging so much with you with the comments. So I set my screen up so that I don't really see the comments um, unless I toggle over to the right because it was getting kind of distracting. But you can always distract me. Eugene S. Robinson would chatter about cash, specifically thousands of dollars worth of it that gets my attention. But generally, uh, you know, I don't go that deep into it. So I'm going to I'm going to stick to the game. Plus, we've got a lot to talk about with the prostitution. But first, speaking of cash, uh, uh, Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at Yahoo.com is where you can PayPal it. Also, Mr. R from Vegas. I don't know that he wants me mentioning his full name. Thank you for the Cash App payment. I appreciate it. So there's a Cash App. I'm not going to give it out over the air for reasons that mostly connected to I don't know what it is. You know, so a uh, um, if you want it, I can give it to you. I got the Cash Map app. I got the Venmo. Got the PayPal. There's also Patreon.com 
slash the Stomper or Stomperville. I can never remember which. And they uh, and they make sure that you, 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 you they just automatically you don't have to think about it. You can give a dollar, give fifty cents, give two dollars a month, whatever, whatever you think it's worth. That's the key. Nothing from nothing gets nothing. But if you think it's worth a dollar a month, go ahead, go go ahead and, and give it. So we're done with the commercials. Uh, also, we got a couple of birthday greetings. Uh, Mr. Mr. E. B. in the UK, big brain, smart guy. His birthday is today. I remember Mr. Emil. Well, I'm now giving you his first name, but whatever. You don't need to know his last name. Don't, don't you worry about it. It's his birthday as well as uh, uh, another guy who won't mind his name being mentioned, Mark Thompson. Used to be at, uh, at uh, oh, God, God, my back is killed me, at One uh, Hydra Head. Anyway, so we're done. Uh, what what, are, what are procedural things do we have to get through? Uh, Nick's thing by not looking at the comments so much. That's fine. Uh, we got we got a uh, what do we get? We got the birthday greetings. We got the commercials. Great. We can start with the show. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sex story. I glanced at that one. Uh, um. <laughs> no. 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 It's, it's all right. Don't worry about it. I was just in the comments, but it got we got derailed last year. Last show with with the with the bet. Anyway, let's get to let's get to the show. And I was gonna put up uh, one of the multiple racy photos I have of me with various porn stars as a photo illustrating the piece. But then I start to think, you know, social media is like the world's most uncomfortable dinner party. You know, yeah, no, 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 I'm not talking about my mother. My mother knows everything there is about. But don't worry, my mother, she, she's down with the program. If she doesn't know, she'd be open to finding out. Doesn't care. Uh, my kids. Hey, all my kids, I don't know, I, uh, you know, who knows? I, I, I don't know. Uh, my kids love their father. I think that's all that matters. You know, um, exes, uh, you know, uh, I'm not out to make anybody. But you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to always be about that. That's not the point. The point is we're talking about, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about pornography. We're talking about prostitution. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you the jump off. I, I, go, get, I go get the mail. And what happened? What did I get in the mail? I got some cool stuff in the mail. And I, uh, some of you, if you follow me on Instagram, and if you follow me, uh, I didn't tweet this one out because it was of a personal nature. So if you follow me on Instagram, I put it up. I put it up on the Facebook page. But my friend, my friend right here, Randall S. Underwood, put out uh, the photos by Randy. And of course, for me, this is like a, a, a this is like a hardcore. It's like a high school. Um, a yearbook, a high school yearbook, and so and I'm flipping through, and of course I'm in it, right? So, um, um, but since you guys are since you guys are special, I will just read you what I wrote, and this is apropos of nothing except for the fact that I know some of you are not in Instagram, and uh, um, I, I know that uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking. I know that some of you are on Instagram, and some of you can't get into the Facebook thing. And I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just read to you what I wrote. Um, let's see. It said, under a photo, and I'm, I'll hold it up so you can see what I'm talking about because um, it's no use for me just reading it, but, you know, me trying to do a number of things at once. Okay, so here's the photo. For those listening on the radio, you're out of luck. Oh, there, there's a photo, and it was taken from a Reagan youth show, and that's me with copper-colored hair in maybe 1984, right? So let me read you what I wrote underneath. I wrote, 
just got Randall S. Underwood's great book of photos that captured New York City hardcore probably around 1984. No idea I was in it. Hair was dyed copper. Sales link soon, I guess. That's this book. Uh, feels like having a second high school yearbook. Side note. The side note. I say, this is my first show back in New York after JT told the world I got her pregnant and kicked her out, which caused people to claim I was a piece of shit. Then she robbed them all before fleeing back to D.C., leaving me standing there vindicated. Hashtag NYHC for life. All right. So uh, I, that's one of the things I got in the mail. I'm just sharing it to you. It has nothing to do with the topic. I'm just sharing it with you to explain the day. So I go to the post office. I get that. Um, and then this guy wants me to review his book. I haven't done it yet in defense of Ska. I like this guy, Aaron Carnes. Uh, he's a good writer. And I expected it to be about the Ska that I know and love, and which would include these cats in the selector, the specials, or, or you know, madness. But in actual fact, he does neo, neo post he does Latter-day Sky, which is like Operation Ivy, who I liked, but then Skank and Pickle, who I didn't really like that much. But that's, that's not the point. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the third thing I got in the mail. Right here. And this is called Departures Magazine. Now, I don't know if you get Departures Magazine, but Departures Magazine is if you have an American Express card, which I do. So... Uh, and I get it every month. So I'm going through Departures Magazine, and I'll share some of it with you. You know, there's a nice necklace with the, with the woman's in there. And then, yeah, look, there's a nice, look at, look at, look at this. She, she's, she's got a nice, what is it, a Rolex? Nice, nice Rolex. And I'm going through this whole issue, right? It's very easy to read, right? This company, you know, this company, it, it, the name is not Hermes. It's Alme, because he swallowed an H in, in French. And uh, let me let me let me go through. And I've been having the sneaking sensation, and I, I've shared this with with Kasha at a certain point. And you know, this is very you know, because she's a photographer and you know, likes to look at the photos. So we get a Prada bag. And and right now, right now, you are just looking at pretty pictures, right? Oh, look at this Dior. You're not really thinking about what you're looking at. You're just looking at things, right? I'm sitting there, waiting for the kid to wake up, waiting for the kid to go to sleep. Oh, you know, I used to work at a men's fashion magazine, so I have some more than a passing interest in some of this stuff. Okay, so now we're going through, and they recommend this, and they recommend that, and look, you know, furniture, and let me let me get to something. Oh, oh, you know, here we go. Let's, let's, this article is called, stick with me, <laughs> This article is called, it's just the first one I get to, but maybe too obvious. Uh, um, it's called Sparkling Repartee, you know, and it has, it has jewelry in it. Uh, but let me, let me, no, that's too obvious. Let, let me go, let me go, let me go a little bit in and um, let me see if I can find it. Okay, here we go. Here's some men's fashion, right? Here's something I might know something about, right? So just yeah, look, oh, the guy's got shorts on. He looks like Angus Young from ACDC, right? And, you know, so we're all, many of us here are men. And I look at this thing and I go, oh, cool, man. Look at this. I wouldn't really wear this stuff myself, but let's look opposite page. Um, these shorts 
Now let's look at the cardigan. Now this red sweater, this red sweater, half sweater, with four buttons on it, is $1,700. Okay? $1,700. Okay. You say, well, you know, I don't like it anyway. I wouldn't wear it. I'm not paying for that kind of stuff. But it's, and so let's go to something that maybe we can all relate to, right? Let's go to something we could all relate to. And their folio, they've gone crazy after everybody got shot down like Bon Appetit for treating black folks like crazy, uh, for uh, treating black, black folks uh, shoddily by not hiring them. The departures has gone crazy the other way. They're like, now it's a black person every other page. None of those black people are me, but I, I've not asked them for freelance work and I'm too busy to, to do it anyway. So let's see, uh, let's see, let's see. Here, let me get you one, uh, one more thing before I zone in on this point. And their folio, which is the number of, the number of uh, pages in their magazine, has gotten smaller. They've been affected by business like anybody else. So here's something we could all relate to. Here's something we can all relate to, bags. Oh, look at these bags. Oh, look at that. You know, where if, many, if you're a man, you probably don't have a purse. If you're a woman, maybe you have a purse. Okay, all right. Purse. So looking at this purse... Um, uh, this purse right here, right here, it's called a Birkin bag, probably named after Jane Birkin, who was uh, Serge Gainsbourg's muse. This one right here. Now, I don't know if you guys work in the trades, you know leather work, but look at the size of that. I'm surrounded now by several bags that are bigger than that. How much do you think that bag is worth? How, well, forget about work. How much do you think they're asking for that bag? Well, I'll tell you, they are asking $20,000 for that bag. $20,000 for that bag. 20000 Fucking $20,000 for that. You could buy, you know how many cows you could buy? You could buy four approximately four full-grown adult cows. Pay somebody to kill them, cure the leather, and make this bag for you for less than $20,000. Okay, so now, now, now oh, or, or how about some sneakers? You guys are all wearing sneakers, right? You got some sneakers on your feet, maybe? Sneakers on your feet. Okay, those sneakers are $995. So this is this is not so 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 the, the point is I'm looking at this stuff. Let's go let's go back to the magazine and uh, you know I'm flipping through and I go oh here's a nice spread and here with some oh black tie optional it's getting ready oh, look at these these men nice photos and you know this woman here this man and woman and, and they're wearing nice stuff and she's wearing a dress that's, um, <laughs> I mean, you, you won't, you won't, you won't believe me. $58,475, man. <laughs> okay. So every single person holding one of these items in this magazine, every single model that's photographed holding something or wearing something in this magazine is typically under 30. 
Now, when I was working at Dennis's Fast and Natural, that health food store on Fifth Avenue, and Andy Warhol was asking me to bring up food to, to Interview Magazine and all the fashion houses where, you know, they, when business was slow, I was the de facto, uh, you know, the magazine's free, the de facto uh, uh, delivery guy. Um, I'd go up and I'd see the models working. They were all my age, 17, 18. I used to model nothing like that. I was modeling textbooks, right? I couldn't get any. Um, yeah, but okay, wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. So, so I saw the people who were modeling. You know, I know a little bit about the business. They're not buying those bags. Who, they don't sell bags. They don't produce bags they can't sell. Therefore, they are producing bags that they can sell. Therefore, they are selling those bags. The question remains, who is buying those bags? Well, I see plenty of photographed women in this magazine who are, who are probably in their own personal lives carrying bags that all are under 30. Do you know anybody under 30 who can afford a $58,000 dress? No, nah, nah, I know plenty of rich people. I know billionaires, and they're not even rolling out $58,000 dresses. So who's, buy, who's buying a fifty? Who's buying a $20,000 handbag? Two types of people. Men who are buying it for their young mistresses and older women who have means of their own and, and through, by a status conferral want, want, want the assumption of youth that's being sold to them. Now, and I'm going to take a, uh, take, a, take a sideline here. A friend of mine was a, an actual uh, prostitute, an escort, was a high-end one. High-end meant that she would charge $3,000 per engagement. And you've heard me tell a story before. You can't Donna Shalala me on my own show. She, found, she had a guy who was a pizza delivery guy. That's what he did in his job. And he saved up for a year and a half to buy an hour with her. $3,000. He went into the hotel room and he was nervous as fuck. Guys in there talking about Star Wars, Star Trek, something. No, she's just trying to set the scene for me. He also had a fleck of toilet paper on his taint, so she made him go take a shower. Yeah, these are parts of the business that you don't need to know about. Guy comes back so nervous Climbs on board, blows his load. 30 seconds. So the way it is, they talk a bit. Then eventually she says, shall we take care of business? He says, yeah. He puts some money on the table. She makes him take a shower, you know, after she saw the goods. Look, let's get in the shower first. The guy comes up, you know. Um, yeah, man, you don't, you don't, yeah, don't talk about Star Wars. It comes up. Blows his loads. So now they're 17 minutes in. And the guy's like now apologizing. He spends 10 minutes apologizing. So now they're at the half an hour mark, 35 minutes. 30, 35 minutes. And then, and, then, and then he starts saying, well, could I go again? She goes, it's your hour. You can do whatever you want. And she pauses for a bit. 
and says, well, you know, most guys, nah, they can't get it up a second time. You know, it takes, you know, maybe you can, but, you know, getting it up is it. And she starts psych-oping him, which was shitty. And she said she knew it was shitty, but she didn't like him. So, you know, it's like any other store, any other business. Sometimes you like people who come in, some people you don't like, you know. So she, she you know, essentially psych-ops a guy into about minute 55, And he says, hey, well, maybe you could at least, you know, suck me off again. She goes, oh, sure. It's your time, you know. But he's still so nervous that she's sucking him off. And when they get to about 58 minutes, she's like, yeah, you know, time for you to go. He learned a valuable lesson about $3,000 that day. But that, I digress. So who's buying $58,000 dresses in 20000 I know somebody. I know somebody who had $14,000 earrings bought for her by her husband. <laughs> I don't want to digress too much. Let's just, let's just keep to where I'm going on this. Okay. So, so $58,000 dresses, $20,000 bags. These are bought by men to impress a mistress. Because I guarantee you, any guy who can afford a $58,000 dress is probably not spending that on his wife, not because he doesn't love his wife, but because his wife will say, are you out of your fucking mind? What are you doing spending $58,000 on a dress? So, not for her. But, you know... These are the same guys who, who, who want people to love them for them and then drive up in yellow Ferraris with gold wing doors and muscle T-shirts on. Well, it always amused me with the $14,000 earrings um, when she... <laughs> when, when, you know, when she was giving herself a, a birthday party that involved sex with multiple partners. Um, <laughs> and I, you know... Uh, my friend would look down at the, the, the earrings and go, $14,000 earrings. As well as the, as, as well as like the $30,000 uh, engagement ring. That's almost $50,000 of infidelity jewelry. <laughs> my friend would say. So anyway, so he can't buy it for his wife. He's damn sure not buying it for his daughter. Look at the fucking fathers doing that. Better buy that. You, you buy your daughter a $58,000 dress and you find it crumpled up on the floor of her bedroom, you lose your mind. Now, there, there are plenty of the billionaires I know are not stupid about their money. They're not doing this stuff, kind of stuff. So it, it is to a You know, you want somebody who loves you for you, and yet at the same time, you realize that there's a possibility that, you know, that. Uh, you know, you're at the poolside at the Fontham Blue Hotel and uh, the, the well uh, uh, fitness uh, 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 guy is leading swim lessons in the shallow end of the pool. And you see your eyes stray over there and you get a nervous feeling inside. That's the kind of shit that compels you to buy $20,000 bags. No woman under 30 is buying that stuff for herself. And you have to be like a woman over 60 before you think I'm going to buy myself. I deserve something for me because clearly, you know, clearly I, it's, it's about something else then. 
But in the ads continually, consistently, what we're seeing are fundamentally prostitutes. And I, you know, and, and like I used to call people who lived on the street bums. When I grew up, they were bums. People who were committed to drinking and, and not, you know, like, like Kasha said, you know, yeah, they made a decision. Not like homeless people today. I understand the difference and I'm okay. I'm okay with the, the migration. As I am with the migration to sex work. Yeah, winos and bums. That's what we call them. Those were committed. They making choices. Now we have homeless people who like, I lost my job. Now I'm homeless. Boom. That's different. So I have friends who are sex workers. Understand. There's a vast panoply of activity that involves sex work. And, and you know, who knows? Maybe somebody you know might have taken cash for sex at some point or another. You don't know that. But prostitution is, is, is very different. It is transactional and it's quid pro quo. The circumstances under which you break loose $20,000 to give it to, to, to your mistress. Because, of course, most mistresses don't want to be mistresses. It's a franchise operation. <laughs> you know, because you know... A $20,000 bag is stupid unless that's all you can get out of it. Right. Jackie Kennedy played for, you know, I want the franchise. You know, uh, Onassis suspected that she was a, you know, a treasure hunter and maybe he was right. Who knows? He died. So, you know, so... There, there's like a, no, no, I don't want to be a mistress. I don't want to be a mistress. I want the franchise. I want the franchise. Even if, if it's, if it's, if it's a true believer or a cynical opportunist, true believer saying I'm really in love. Uh, you know, a, uh, I find people who have been prostitutes um, always have that in their back pocket. They're like, hey, you know what? Push comes to shove. I got a way to make money, and it's not that big of a deal. You, you compartmentalize sex in, in such a way that you realize you're okay with the transactional because like in that movie, Bismarck, nothing of value is in, in these private parts necessarily. Here, here, soul, heart, different thing. So he's trying to, he's trying to strike a negotiated balance. Okay, I'm not going to divorce the wife. You know, I'm not going to marry you right now, but look what we have. We have trips and rings and things and this and that and $58,000... And that way she says, I'm getting something for being here. Hey, he's a little old for me. Hey, he's not the sexiest. Hey, he's not that good in bed. Yeah, you know, whatever you want to tell yourself, that's fine. I don't, there's a Chinese saying, uh, what is it? You've heard me say it before. Don't laugh at the prostitute, laugh at the poor person. Chinese are hard. <laughs> that's, that's rough. Laugh at the poor person. Hey, you know, what about, you know, tumble of the poor? Ah, screw that. Laugh at them. Do not laugh at the prostitute. So I'm going through. So and you think about the magazines that you've seen like this. These high fashion magazines from GQ. The, these are male prostitutes too. You know, you, you know how much that Rolex costs that the guy is and the guy in the suit. The guy with the, the, the cardigan, the $800 cardigan, $1,700 cardigan. That guy doesn't can't afford that himself. He's not buying that himself. And it, whether it's gay or not, he's a mistress. What I don't know what you call a what is it? What do you call a a, a male prostitute? A, you know who you convince yourself you're falling in love. No, no. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes you get married, like the guy who got married to Elton John. Bingo, score. 
But these are these are what they call independent contributors. These are what they, these are what they call independent contractors, independent operators. These are non-formalized deals that end up as long as you don't confuse what's going on here and here with what you're putting on your back, you end up fine. You end up perfectly fine. But it's all around you. It is all around you. I don't know if you've ever gone to a place and you, you know, you see a guy just a little bit too old for the woman he's with, you know. And I'm mindful of the fact that my wife was in her 30s, you know, but, uh, you know, why? And I'm keeping in shape, jogging and jumping rope and doing push-ups, you know. <laughs> Certainly nobody looks at me and goes, that guy's loaded <laughs> with cash. He might be loaded with something else, but not cash. You know, there are lots of, like I used to say, it's in the wallet of the pants. And if he keeps his pants in his wallet, even better. You understand the nature. I mean, you don't think... I mean, I, you maybe have not been in a position to be, you know, sexually objectified by somebody who wants to have sex with you, but it's a very strange thing because it's you and you're, it's just you, right? You know, so when I was a 17-year-old bodybuilder delivering stuff off and down Fifth Avenue, you know, and the guys were asking, you know, all kinds of things. It was like, it's just me. He's asking me, you know. But the lure was always the cash, you know. $58,000, well, not dresses, but, you know, tuxedos, $1,800 cardigans. What the fuck would I want to do that? So let me get this straight. You suck my dick, and then you give me a $10,000 watch? That doesn't, you're crazy. <laughs> like a friend of mine said who was a stripper, she goes, this serial killer offered her $5,000 to have sex with him. I've told this story before. And the sad part of the story is that, well, she says to the guy, she doesn't know he's a serial killer yet. She goes, he, he looks like a homeless guy with a super expensive suit on. And she said, that's what got her. That's what tricked her. He said, I'll give you $5,000 to have sex with me. She goes, if I was going to have sex with you, I would do it for free. What she's saying is, I'm not a prostitute. But she was waiting for her friend. She'd gotten off the stripping. She was waiting for a friend. Naturally, this is in where? Florida. She's waiting for a friend to get off of work. And her friend is late. And she goes to the cafe that's next door to the strip bar. The guy finds her there. All the other girls are fawning over him because he's, he's given $100, $200, $300, $400, $500 tips. And she didn't want to have anything to do him. She was creeped out by him. And he goes, look, I'll give you a ride to your house. There's my car right out there. And she said she wasn't going to get in. But it was a really nice BMW, current year, everything. And so she was like, well, how crazy could he be? And I go, when did you realize you were in trouble? She goes, as soon as the door closed. I said, why? She goes, there were no handles on my side. And sure enough, the guy's like driving into the, it's in Florida, driving into the Everglades. And he's talking about what he's going to do to her when he gets her out there. And they're driving deeper and deeper into the Everglades, way past her house and her exit. And she said she remembered something her mother had told her. If ever, as a woman, she said, what happens is you become sim symbolically fictional. The real you with your dreams and aspirations, they don't see that. So you got to talk and impress upon them the fact that you're human. So she just starts talking to this guy about what a shitty life she had. And she had a pretty bad life.
And by the time the guy gets to his kill spot and he's pulling stuff out, you know, the center console to indicate that, you know, he's got rope and gloves and tape, you know, the outfit. And by the time he gets to this, gla- this, gl- this opening in the Everglades, he's like, you know what? Get the fuck out. <laughs> and then she starts arguing with him. And she's like, uh, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, uh, you see, what did she say? You know, you, you shouldn't be. She starts uh, tongue lashing the guy about how he shouldn't be doing this. And, you know, that's not nice. You And, and, <laughs> and then she realizes, oh, I'm probably arguing. So he unlocks the door so she can get out and kicks her out in the Everglades. And, of course, she's running from door to door. You've heard the story. She's running from door to door trying to get somebody to answer. And finally, she, she, she goes to a house. There's a car in the driveway with really cool stickers on the back, like cool band names. She goes, These people have to let me in. And she runs up, and there's a mezuzah on the door. And she goes, you got to let me in. i got to call the cops. And they go, go away. And she said, she said you got to let me in. She goes, I'm Jewish. You have to let me in. It's in the Torah. It's in the Talmud. She starts quoting. <laughs> and they say, what's your full name? And she gives her full Hebrew name. Click, click, let her in, call the cops. The cops show up and they start, oh my God, they start taking the report and they go, where do you work? And she names it and they go, oh, wait a minute, that's a strip club. She goes, yeah, that's, that's, that's what, I, what, I, what I got. And they start folding up their pads and putting it away. And they go, what? I don't get protection because I'm a strip club? She goes, just get a better job. It's a dangerous job. This was a male cop and a female cop. And that was her, her being done with Florida. That same woman right now is, is living in, um, in a, tamp, a, a tent encampment in San Jose now. So she's hit some hard times. I digress. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I digress. So um, $20,000 bags and these, whether it's Vogue or Vanity Fair or, or occasionally, occasionally they'll have like an older man and a younger man that they are trying to lead you believe, to believe is his son. It's only his son. It's only his son. Um, it's, he's, it's only his son if he's under 12. Otherwise, we're sending different messages. And, and it, it, it codifies this idea that transactionalism is okay. And I fundamentally think that prostitution, don't laugh at the prostitute, laugh at the book, serves both people's interests. Because if you feel comfortable having people lavish presence on you when you're 19, 20, 21, 22, that means by the time you're 28 and maybe interested in getting married, having a serious relationship that ties in here and here for people just listening on SoundCloud, I'm pointing to my head and my heart, then you can do so. Like Tracy Lords once said, everybody goes through their slut phase. Mine just happened to be caught on camera, on film, right? But these magazines are, we are being constantly and continually sold it. Have you ever seen a picture of a woman online on Instagram where she's supposed to be sexy and she's standing pigeon to- with her toes pointed in? It's infantilizing shit that is like, you know, strains of pedophilia that run through our culture. I know I'm kind of, it's sounding kind of Jewish, I know, but bear with me here. Somebody, a friend of mine did that. Uh, she used to uh, date a pro fighter friend of mine. And I said, my God, we need to have a charity event for you. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, there's something wrong with your legs. 
when you're getting a sandwich at your refrigerator at night, are you standing like that? What's the matter with your legs? My, my point is, my point is that prostitution, as long as you understand that that's what's happening, as long as you understand what's going on, as long as you understand why they're putting that cash on the table, as long as you understand what's happening, we're fine. The sad parts are the confusing parts. A friend of mine uh, who was a prostitute, <laughs> she was saying that a friend of her, she had considered going into porn films. And uh, in the situation where she was, one of the girls that she worked with got a call to go to a, a said, I'm going to do a sex film. It'd be great. Uh, you know, now I have sex for an hour, you know, in, the, in a massage parlor and I get paid this. But they said they would give me this. And so they did give her. They gave her what they said by pay. She gets to the location, opens the door and she realizes right away, uh oh, 15 dudes in the room. Yeah, she didn't they didn't tell it was a gangbang. She didn't enjoy it. Surprise, surprise. So what she thought was going to be one act of sex for $1,500 ended up being multiple acts of sex for $1,500, meaning her per sex cost dropped. That's not what she expected. It was a bad day for her. I mentioned this in connection with UFC fight night. <laughs> Segway. Because I did not watch it under protest. And I talk a little bit about this on Care Don't Care, which, as you know, we crisscross. I recorded this morning at 9 o'clock, and it comes out tomorrow at noon. It made me sad. Uh, um, I, I picked against RDA. I'm a big RDA fan, but he's a raw now, a raw, raw even, which, if you remember, in the glossary, that's retire already. But dude's got to eat. He loses his opponent. And, you know, there's a, the typical scramble. And suddenly, Paul Felder. And I'm like, whoa, I wasn't going to watch the fight. I had one care on the card. I wasn't going to watch the fight. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not giving chaos. And there, were, there was a women's match. And then there was one other fight that, uh, on, on the undercard. Oh, uh, Sean Strickland beating the, the, the breaks off of Brendan Allen. Good fights. Those fights, those are any day fights. Those are Tuesday night fights. Those are Wednesday night those are contender series fights. Those are any day fights. I'm talking about RDA. So Felder says he answers the rock and roll fantasy thing. Is anybody in the house who could play this song on guitar? And he raises his hand. Dude comes out of retirement. Raises his hand. Decides with four days notice. Listen, that guy who went to my prostitute friend with the three grand, the pizza delivery guy, with four days' notice, he should have masturbated a few times before he got there, if you know what I mean. So he drops how much, he, what did he drop, 22 pounds in four days to get ready for this fight? Fine, transactional, I give you something, you give me something. I'm rescuing the fight card, okay. 25 pounds. Rescuing the fight card, I got you. And he fights. You get that crazy judge who, you know, Chris Lee, yeah, you know, yeah, 25 pounds. Loses. Great. It's like the guy blew his load in 15 seconds, and in 15 seconds, whatever. Job's over. Good luck. At the presser and the post-fight post, post -fight comments, he goes all in on his company guy shtick. 
He goes, you know, all oh, you guys missing weight. You got to. He's just digging deep. He's digging deep. Yeah, it was not Sal DeMano. He's digging deep. You got to get your act together. You got to realize what the great opportunity is. He's going overboard. He's giving a reach around. He's giving a handy. He's, he's, this is like a, you know, he's all working hard for the money. He works hard for the honey. And then at the end of that, at the end of that, he begs, he pleads for the $50,000 performance of the uh, fight of the night, performance of the night bonus. Cue the clown music. Dude had a steady gig, steady gig. Okay, and Steph set me straight. She goes, well, it wasn't like he had to suffer that much. He was already preparing for a triathlon, so he was in shape. He could lose that weight pretty easily. He's got a cush gig. He's actually, I don't mind it. Dan Hardy, who's a friend of Knuckle Up, I don't mind him taking food, sausages off my plate by doing commentary. I think I could probably do it better than Dan Hardy, but I understand how they work. But Felder is actually really good, and I'm a big Felder fan. You remember he was a don't care who became a care? Great. And his response to, to, to McAnal, I love. Go do some more lines, will you? Over this argument about who's more Irish. Whatever. But Felder had a good deal. Felder, Steph uh, tells me, he's like, yeah, well, he's like, you, Eugene's also got a young kid at home. In this book, cycles, circles. In this book is a friend of mine. It's a friend of mine who, um, unbeknownst to you, I'll see if I can find him while we're talking. Unbeknownst to you, his girlfriend was murdered by Joel Silver, a Long Island serial killer. Um, Dave is the son of an uh, Auschwitz uh, uh, survivor. And he used to sing for a band called Reagan Youth and developed a horrible drug problem, he and his girlfriend, and she was turning tricks. And he was de facto, he was a de facto, um, de facto pimp. And he put her in the car of, of, of this Joel Silver's last victim. No, he put her in the car of Joel Silver, her being Joel Silver's last victim. When the cops caught him on a high-speed chase in his pickup truck, her body was a dead body in the back. So... There he is. There he is singing. And then you see me in the background, the thousand yard stare watching him. He was a phenomenal performer. I really enjoyed him and I really liked him as a person. He subsequently killed himself. Prostitution is a tough business. He asked for the $50,000 performance budget, a, a bonus. Just to ask. Before I get my ass out of that cush microphone seat, correct, and I'm going to get to Artie in a second. Before he gets his ass out of that cush uh, 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 microphone seat to drop 25 pounds in four days, to get my face beaten in, I'm making sure that there's something in it for me. I'm not going to say, I hope there's a sausage on the plate, Santa Claus. Yes. I hope there's, and now, and now the worst of all possible things happen. 
this has enabled them both. You know, we've talked about fights that you can win by losing. We've talked about fights that you can lose by winning. We've talked about fights. This was the worst thing that could happen to both of these guys. It's like, I'm going to get into one more pickup truck and that's it. I'm going to get clean. Because immediately post-fight, RDA is going full bore lost battalion, but not so much because him picking McAnal is a good pick. It's a red panty night for him. Win or lose. And it's a fight that McAnal is likely to take because he's winning. Already starting with the jokes, calling him El Chap. I just need that one more payday. I just get in the, I get into that, I get into that pickup truck. This the last, Joel Silver was a client of hers. In other words, she had sucked him off before. How does it happen that this is the day that Joel Silver says, the prostitute that I've been to eight times before, I think I'll kill her today. He did. So RDA is challenging McAnal. McAnal seems to be open for it, and there seems to be a plan for 2021 because you know what? How many fighters are there on the roster? What, 575, 375? I can't remember. How many fighters are there on the UFC roster? You know, if you're a UFC, if you're a UFC fighter on that roster, and on Sunday, November 15th, you're at home, if you go to your bank account, Nothing has changed if you did not fight last night. Moreover, tomorrow, November 16th, when a lot of people have bills due, nothing will have changed in your bank account. If you go back to what you had to do to pay for that roof over your head November 1st, and you did not fight in those few weeks before, nothing will have changed in your bank account. Nothing. So, you know, I can understand. I can understand. Hey, man, you know, let's laugh at the poor person. I'm getting into that pickup truck. Please, oh, God, please give me one more sausage. Please give me, please give me the $50,000 bonus, please. And Felder's back out of retirement. I'm sure Dominic Cruz would be, if his body was holding together, he would be out. Fighters are fighters because they, to a certain degree, love fighting. To a certain degree, prostitutes, you know, most of the prostitutes, well, let's see, the porn stars I knew were not very interested in sex. Much like I'm not interested really in talking about writing on the weekends <laughs> or with somebody who's not a writer. Generally, in their social activities, they didn't really involve sex, Right? If you're, a, if you're a gardener, you don't go over to your friend's house and go, hey, man, let's mow some of they weren't, they weren't that much into sex. Strippers, I mean, I have a whole theory that I've talked about on old shows between, between you know, strippers, porn star, uh, strippers, porn stars, and prostitutes. And it has to do the degree with what you do is public. So, uh, but we're not going to get into that now. So, so, RDA 
In other words, when I'm charting out my MMA fantasy league, nothing that happened at UFC fight night bodes well for anybody. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. I love our, I like the guy, but this is not, and, and you know what? Maybe it's not lost battalionage. Maybe this is strategically sound. Picking McAnal is a strategically sound maneuver. Strategically sound. Make a lot of money. Don't have to fight a lot of more fights. Probably just get knocked out quickly. I'm done. Um, <laughs> so so the, the story I wanted to tell is, you know, uh, one time uh, having sex with this woman, and I, I'm only saying now because I don't want the time to uh, expand, expo, uh, uh, expire. Well, I haven't had sex with her yet, but I'm going to go have sex with her. And I'd spent, you know, some a little bit of time around this woman, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, this, I, the normal friendly stuff, you know, eating friendly, talking, hanging out. And then something happened. So get back to the room and take your clothes off. And there's something that happens like in your, you can't, again, going back to the guys who I was delivering food to, you know, when you are the object of somebody's attraction, affection, you realize it's just me. It's just me. What are they, what are they flipping out about? But it, okay, I've been that but then be on the other side to, to be motivated by somebody who's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> your brain, you can't help the animal portions of your, of your brain. I was talking to Rollins about it once. He goes, you know that feeling when you, you know, you see somebody that you want to, and I was like, you know, I'm trying to be all politically correct. And he's like, get the fuck out of here with that. You know what I mean. You get the, the animal bite. Right? You can't control it. Your, your body, your, your genes are speaking through you and making you do things, you know? Neil Brennan's got a good piece on that. He goes, it's like an ex-con lives in my head, you know? He's doing push-ups, just waiting. I'll be here, I'll be here. So get her clothes off. And the body was so stupendous that like I just, I, 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 got, I, got, I got confused, but I'm a tactician, right? Like I know, okay, unlike the pizza guy, that you can't just go into these things and hoping that you're going to get beyond that 15 second mark. Nah, 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 can't do that. So I go, okay, I got, I, I, I got to deal with the, I got to deal with the, with, with the, with the part of the body that, that, that's, that, 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 that is not, like, I'm not going to lose it all. So I, I turn to the front and it's like, you know, the front is like, kaboosh, and I'm like, oh, God, I can't, I, I turn around. And then the, the ass was like, yeah, God, my God. So she's like, what the fuck is he doing? He goes, turn me back and back and forth and back and forth. And I was like, I got okay, get on the bed. And I get her on the bed and I'm like, Ugh. and I, my heart is like, I'm like literally about to have a fucking heart attack. Like, and this was unusual for me, right? It's like, <laughs> and then I finally just have to say, okay, so I don't end up like John Rockefeller. If I do have a heart attack, I need to let you can report to my Mexican what happened. And uh, and uh, so I was like, uh, hey, uh, I'm really nervous right now. Hold on a second. Just, just uh, hold, hold on a second. Catch my breath. 
And she goes, that's ah, perfect, you know, because I was pretty nervous too. And I was like, oh, thank you. Okay, so we, okay, calm down. Got the animal portion of the brain done and bubbing. Perfect. <laughs> and that woman, of course, is my current wife. That was a punchline. <laughs> now you know more than you should. But anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> that's not the point. The point is <laughs> um, that, that, that there was no better way. I mean, this is kind of why we like MMA, because it's the best of times. It was the worst of times. Coming out of that Chaos Williams thing. Now, I said on, I said on, on Care Don't Care, something that you need to bode, pay attention to. I said, when I was doing fake-ass karate, and I took karate for like Shotokan for like a year, and then Kempo for like nine years, and I was competing. And I said, you know, if you're paying attention, karate is rhythmic. Fighting is rhythmic, right? You hit somebody with a combination, a one, and a two, and a kick, and a bam, 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 and you pause and reset. It happens. It happens because you're not a machine or a shark. You just can't go 100% all the time. There's a pacing. And if you, like the windshield wipers on your car are suddenly playing in time to the music, are suddenly playing in time to the music, they're not really. They're, nothing's changed, but your brain starts to coordinate things. If you're sensitive to those fight rhythms, you can get ahead of them. Chaos Williams is only doing that kind of stuff. Let's call it the Vitor Belfort. Something that some of the fights that we saw last weekend, they were completely incapable of doing. And I'm thinking of Jan Jan Cannoneer. In other words, go on the one. You got to go on the one. Vitor Belfort came out, and I can't remember who he beat that first time. And he was like, uh, or Fabrizio Verdun with the flying foot to the face. No shaking hands, which believe me, the only guy reason guys do that is because they want to stop that George Masvidal rush across the cage. When the guy says fight, that's it. You don't want to shake hands. It's because you want to close the distance in a friendly way. It's not about friendship at that point. Yeah, it was with Tank Abbott. Yeah, thank you. I thought it was Tank, and then I wasn't quite sure. And my, the memory banks were kind of shady. Shaky. So it's just that. George Masvidal, Vitor Belfort. So Chaos has fought 57 minutes in the UFC, won both of his fights by knockout. I think it's just because people haven't rhythmically picked up on the fact that he's going on the one. There's no process of feeling out. And the other guy, uh, Hamzat, same thing, going on the one. Once people figure out the dude is going on the one, they'll either have some, they'll either go on the one or they'll have some evasive action. So I don't know that Chaos Williams is going to stay good. He's like, believe me, this is not a fluke. Okay, I'll believe you. Yeah, huh? hey, man, there he is. <laughs> Saigon Luda Libre. Nice to see you, Mr. E. Now, I, I, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely sure that chaos could be a fluke, could be not. But you know, who, you don't have to, I'll believe you. We'll all believe you that you're not a fluke. But you know who won't? The next guy that you're fighting. You want to step up in competition? You're going to get it. You think that guy's going to let you go on the one? You might be wrong. What could uh, uh, Askren have done different? Stand there. He doesn't move and, and does some grandstand thing like says to Masvidal, come on over. 
at what point does Masvidal start to rush him? He just starts to do that foot dragging thing like I'm about to shoot for a double or is it a single and got caught. So Chaos Williams, yeah, Chaos Williams, um, <laughs> yeah, I do, I know. If you watch that scene in Blue Velvet where Jeffrey meets Dennis Hopper for the first time and you try to not blink your eyes for as long as Dennis Hopper didn't blink his eyes in that scene, your eyes will drop out of your fucking head. And Hopper and Dean Stockwell would do that shit all the time when they were fucking with people. Let's go for a ride. I don't feel like, you don't feel like what? Going for a ride. Hey, that's a good idea. Let's go for a ride. And as long as like 19, I think I counted it out. It's like 19 seconds. So far, I haven't blinked my eyes right now for about 10 and they're starting the water, right? So, so chaos, yeah, he's got, he's got the stick down, but you know, there's somebody like, like Izzy said, you know, I fucked guys with muscles before. I didn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. I started fighting because largely I felt like that notorious big song. Imagine me being scared of somebody who breathes the same air as me. I ducked in my life, I ducked two fights. One I wrote about with the mafia, with the with the mafia uh, enforcer guy who was having a roid rage when he was 250 pounds and I was 165. Yeah, I defend that one to my grave. I hear another peep out of you, I'm going to crack your fucking skull open. And the guy's waving around a 100-pound plate like it was a dinner plate. Nah, bro, I'll take the L on that one. The other one bothers me a little bit more. I was in Minneapolis. I was 19. And some uh, some uh, dude is mad-dogging my roadie, who was a, who was a 17-year-old girl who used to be one of my guitar player students. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And then I feel the shadow. <laughs> so a guy who's my size is mad dog in my roadie. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, hey, bro, you, you trying to get beaten up. And then I feel the shadow. And it's some guy who's like 270, and he's mad dogging me. And I'm like, <laughs> and the eyes are like, I'm not getting beaten up for this broad. Forget it. <laughs> and I feel bad about that still. But then I, after he walked by, I like looked up. Where the fuck am I? She didn't. She didn't know any of this. She was not paying even even paying attention. And it was like some big powerlifting gym in Minneapolis. So I was like, man, we got to get out of here. <laughs> we got to get out of here. I'm gonna get killed. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But those are the only two two times. Two other times, I just took my beatings. That's how the ear got torn to shreds, still damaged, still. Take your beatings, shoulder your burden without complaint. So chaos, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, and, and Sean Strickland, oh, I thank, thank the God I didn't care about this fight. It was a late replacement. I picked Brendan Allen to win the first guy he was going to fight. I don't remember who that was. Sean Strickland took over, but I decided that I thought he was a subpar opponent and didn't pick him and that you didn't chose not to care about the fight, even though if I had, I'd have picked Brendan Allen. But at that point, you know, the stakes were too high. I couldn't care about any fights on the card. Had to go that way. And Brendan Allen got pasted. And his seven-fight win streak down the toilet. Sean Strickland, pay attention to me, bro. You're there. Okay, we're there. We're paying attention. 
You are now a care. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know this thing. Uh, um, so, um, so that was U UFC Fight Night. But it's like as good as I was feeling about about Chaos Williams. At the end of it, it was just all flushed, like defeat snatched from the jaws of victory. I didn't watch the fights. I had to watch them on ESPN Plus a little bit before Care Don't Care, which we recorded this morning. Got up a little bit early so I could watch. But, man, it just it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, no, the thing is, the thing is, when you – but let's see, when I was 19 – when I was 19, oh, on the uh, UFC 255, just FYI, uh, because that's the next thing we'll be talking about on next week's show, providing we live that long, um, I had five cares. And I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, the piece I alluded to last week ran. If you follow me on Twitter, you know what it is. It's a Eugene uh, Behrman piece. Oh, man, I love that guy. That guy was great. The least of which is well, I got to do my whole shtick of like, hey, Eugene, this is Eugene. He goes, hey, Eugene, this is Eugene. I go, how you doing, Eugene? Hey. And then it turns out our birthdays are two days apart. Hey, two days apart. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks. It was fun to write. Two days apart. I was like, oh, man, our birthdays. He's also got four kids. He's got four kids. Our birthdays are two days apart. We're also named Eugene. It was like, ah, ah. And keep in mind, I've interviewed Javier Mendez, Mike Tom Michael Thomas Brown from ATT, interviewed a lot of coaches. Um, we didn't really, we didn't really talk about Jones, and one of the reasons I busted their balls to run the piece early is because it looks like it's not official yet, but it looks like the uh, uh, Blahovitz uh, fight is maybe slipping away from them for Teixeira, and I don't think that's a problem. I don't think that's a problem. Unless, 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 of course, Jan loses, and which I mean, Izzy is money no matter what. Izzy is money against uh, 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 Teixeira. Izzy is money against um, against Jan. But it's always it's a better optic to see him go against a big muscly guy like the Polish power and beat him than it is fundamentally to see him take down another old guy. And you know, my heart goes. I'm a big Teixeira booster, so I would still prefer. I would still say, I would say, look, let him fight. To say to Teixeira, let him fight. Uh, let's maximize. Let him fight Blahovitz. That's the best we're going to get Blahovitz. Blahovitz against Teixeira is not a big moneymaker. So let Blahovitz fight Izzy, and then uh, Teixeira, you take the winner of that. How could you lose? If it's, if it's Izzy, providing if Johnny Bonjoni says he's going to fight Izzy in 2021, it certainly won't be the first half. So you get, you get, um, so, so how does this work? So uh, 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 Jan fights Izzy, Jan loses to Izzy, and then before the end of the year, to share, uh, like before the first half of the year expires, there's a second fight, and Izzy fights Teixeira. If Izzy loses to Teixeira, he goes, screw this, and get, uh, that doesn't have some work. God. Oh, God. Um, hmm. See, it's confusing. MMA Fantasy League, what do you do? The thing is, you have to, you have to, how about this? I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I got it. Okay, okay, okay. Jan fights Teixeira. Jan loses to Teixeira. Izzy keeps up the beef with Jan, says it's a warm-up fight for Jones. 
and fights the losing Blahovitz, beats him, and stays solvent for his fight with Johnny Boney Joni. And Teixeira could build his division under him or whatever. And keep in mind, everything has got a hopscotch Izzy to that fight with Johnny Boney Joni. That's it. You can't, you, you have him depleted going in, you've ruined, you've ruined your gate. You've ruined it. That's going to work. And what's Teixeira going to complain about? He gets the belt, he gets a title shot, uh, you know, Izzy gets his warm-up, and he gets a Johnny Boney Joni fight. Blahovic still gets a money fight, which he may lose, which may put him in a position where then he has two losses, but at least he can come back and say, well, you know, I figured the game out and challenge Teixeira again in the second half of the year. He should get a second chance. That kind of works. That's true. That's true. Then the, the bald one doesn't give, give a shit what we want to see. But at the same time, I think, again, sympathy for the devil, I think the guy's a fight fan too. And this just makes sense. It makes sense. Izzy loses against two. Oh, uh, KOJ, does this, does he? Ah, I don't think Izzy loses against Kevin Holland. I see Kevin. Who, uh, uh, who, who knocked Kevin Holland out? Who's uh, Buckley? Didn't Buckley knock him out? Kevin Holland is a soccer robber type guy, the kind of fighter I love, and and but it, it, you can see him creating on his feet, but that doesn't work against a, a, a technician like uh, Izzy all the time. And now, I want to tie it off with um, Sergey Karnatov, who I uh, is um, he's not a friend of Knuckle Up necessarily, but I've been a, a fan and a booster. Oh yeah 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 okay. That's, that's right, the other way around. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but it doesn't matter because I'm off the top. I'm done with that. Fantasy MMA League, I'm done with it. I want to talk about Carter. He got, he got his orbital, orbital, orbital bone broken. Went up to a guy who owed him money, and another fighter, and um, the guy broke his orbital bone, or, orbital, bone, orbital bone. And he goes, you know, that guy's always got brass knuckles with him. And then the guy says, hey, I don't know what you said, but we'll explain it. He just went up to the guy and said, hey, when you start paying me back that money you owe me, and the guy, boom, broke his orbital and broke his nose. Somehow in the reporting of this, they referenced Fedor, Fedor's daughter being attacked. Fedor's 16-year-old daughter is walking down the street in Moscow, and, uh, um, and somebody kicks her in the chest, knocks her down, kicks her up, beats her up, fundamentally. Apparently, uh, Fedor had come out um, in opposition to uh, 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 Chechen uh, Kids MMA. I have no, having gone to the Red Devil fight team in St. Petersburg, now we're talking 20 years ago, and, and seeing those guys, then trained with them, hung out with them. I was doing color commentary for German TV for. Uh, um, uh, for Federico Lapenda uh, World Valley Tudo Championship. Hard guys, hard country. I have no doubt, sitting on this dirty chair in my underwear, if I started talking shit about Chechnya right now, somebody would come and talk to me. You know, I'm I'm out there in the public. You know, I'm I, I am I am um. I am, uh, I'm out in the street. I'm out there with Oxbow. I'm touring. 
Yeah. Yeah, Red Devil was just not, not a fucking around place. Much like the place where I trained in, in Poland when I went, Berserker's Fight Team. Another not fucking around place. So, um, you know, he, he um, yeah, I mean, the thing is with, with, with Chechnya, and so you got to understand that as a championship, you know, Fedor, it's a phone call away from Vladimir Putin, and which is what he did. Putin gets on the phone with Kadriov and says, hey, hey. And then Kadriov says, oh, we're terribly sorry. We're terribly sorry. Clearly, Fedor misspoke. So he, it was a backhanded, backhanded apology. I think it might be you. I don't know. I remember it, it reminded me of something that the Diaz brothers once said. And they were talking about uh, who is Rory McDonald versus BJ Penn. And they said, um, they said, if I walk up, I think it was Nick. I, Nick. I can't remember. He said, if I walk up and call Rory McDonald, a, um, what word did he use? I think a bitch. If I walk up and call Corey, Rory McDonald a bitch, he's like, uh, he just... He does nothing. If I walk up and call in the parking lot, call BJ Penn a bitch, we're fighting. And, and, and I understood his point and I liked it. But the reality of it is my guitar player at one point had come out of a bar in San Francisco. And there was some homeless guy in front of the bar, maybe sitting on the curb drunk. And, uh, and uh, you know, he's sitting there, and he looks up at my guitar player and he goes, a hundred percent pure faggot. I go, oh my god, my guitar player Nico is telling me this. I go, what did you do? He goes, what? These are world views colliding. I said, what did you do? He was like, what am I gonna do? The guy's a crazy bum, who cares? And walked off. And I and that was in a weird way. I mean, this was when I was a bouncer and was taking steroids, and when I was like in the reactive mode, in, in a weird way, I was like, why would I give him? Talk about the running commentary of some guy who can't figure out shelter. Yeah. Why would I? Yeah. And then it, it dovetails with what my friend from Georgia would say. He was like, Eugene, people can say anything they want to me. And then as long as they don't put their hands on me, I don't care. Now, keep in mind, I have a different sensation. You know, I have a different sensation. If I'm putting money in your pocket, I expect a certain level of politeness. Sorry, that's that's what I'm expecting, right? Like people who put money in my pocket, I give them due deal, uh, due, their due, their due, due respects, because I like the money they put in my pocket. But uh, you know, so I, I'm both. I understand Nate or Nick's take, and and I also understand uh, Nico Winner's take. But uh, at the same time, you know. Chechnya is out of fucking control. Guy's got to be able to express an opinion without getting his daughter kicked in the chest. As far as I'm concerned, in that part of the world, by those rules, you should die for that. You should die for that. You got to know it's true. 
if the situation was reversed and Khabib came out and all these cats came out and they said Fedor should shut the fuck up, well, Fedor is in, a, in, a, in another fight organization, fair game. But if I, if I kick a female relative of Khabib's in the chest, do you expect me to live out that year? You shouldn't. And this was the fundamental thing that, that, that McAnal screwed up. It's like, you can play around with some guys, but some guys you just can't play around with. Which is consequently why Fedor never fought in the UFC. He wasn't going to be in a situation where post-fight, he had to beg the bald one for a sausage to help raise his daughter. Like Paul Felder just did. Ah. Anyway, Jesus Christ, what's happening? <laughs> so anyway, that's it. Um, I have another secret, and I don't want to be a pop-off mess-up man. I'm interviewing another A-level MMA personality, a fighter this time, this week. Not for this show, so I can't cheat. I can't. Sorry, I can't tell you who it is, and therefore, you know, she who's paying me for it, for your benefit. But, uh, but I'm telling you right now, you'll next week after UFC 255, we will talk about the person who I interview uh, this week, who is a level hot shit. You're gonna be shocked. I'll tell you all the story behind that actually next week. Fairly cool, useful, uh, good to know stuff. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> Crappington. No. <laughs> uh, I, would, I, would, I would air that. Right now, I'm still trying to figure out how to do a split screen. I can do it with uh, Ecamm that we, Ecamm that we do uh, if the shoes fit with, but I haven't figured out how to do it this show because I want to be able to get guests in. And uh, and so this is this is screwy. Not Kevin Holland. Uh, you'll never guess. This is like Rumpelstiltskin. You never guess. Anyway, this is V one three nine of the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Try to live until next Sunday. Uh, uh, I got some articles coming out this week. If you follow me at Twitter at Eugene S. Robinson, screw trying to find it on Ozzy. I just tweeted out for you. Except I tweeted out the second version of the Election Day Massacre. And John somehow didn't see it, so I'm going to retweet that as soon as I get off the show and I, as I do all, all, all my other articles this week. Monday uh, afternoon at noon, Care Don't Care happens. Do a story about sad MMA Trump dudes. I told you I wasn't really going to talk about that until January 20th. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've had a hard time. I've had a hard time keeping to that, but I'm going to try to keep to that. Uh, I, I may go a little sooner than that depending on wor uh, 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 world events. Uh, so Monday afternoon at noon, Kara care goes. Tuesday night, uh, uh, if Let It Roll podcast is still on hiatus, but if the shoe fits at 8 o'clock uh, Pacific time with me, I think it's Nate and, well, because it's Nate or Nash, Nate or Nash, and Alexi, Tuesday night, and then some articles during the week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. You know what I was thinking about doing? 
I was thinking about taking that thousand dollars and like burning it on the air. But then I thought, man, that, what, what? <laughs> bro, if you're prepared to not eat for a week, you could do that. But yeah, I'm not going to do that. I, I, but I'll be glad to get it. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. The kid's awake, so I don't have to whisper. I think she's awake. I'll just do it normal size. Look what you made me do. See you next week. Yeah.